Hey, Lead the Gen fam. Welcome to season two of the Student Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We believe that Gen Z students can be incredible leaders in their homes, schools, and churches. And this podcast is all about helping you grow as a leader. Great student leadership is a result of having a great relationship with Jesus. So we also want to help you deepen your faith and understanding of God. If you love this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And be sure to share it with other amazing student leaders like yourself. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to worldserveintl.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership Podcast starts right now. Hey, students, welcome back to another episode of the Student Leadership Podcast. We're back again with Micah Steger, who is the director uh, at Youth for the Nations, based out of Dallas, Texas, based out of uh, Christ for the Nations Institute, an incredible place to study and train uh, for ministry. Micah, thanks for joining us again. Round two. Here we go. I can't believe we're here. We made it to round two. I'm glad you guys liked the last one enough to invite me back. It was great. Absolutely. So many, so many uh, good points. We could have probably made two parts out of just that first one, but we kept it as just one podcast. But here we go. We're going to get started today, Micah. We want to help the audience get to know you a little bit more again today. So here's what we need to do. I need you to use your imagination with me on this. Is that okay? I'm ready. Okay. And students, if you're listening, obviously you can use your imagination too. So you are transported back in time to medieval times and you are suddenly a knight. Micah, what is your knight name? Like there's, you know, Sir Edward the Wise, Sir or Lady Renee the Brave. What is Sir Micah the what? I'm glad you uh, gave a little context there. That that kind of helps. Sir Micah the Jiggiest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was that's great. Ten out of ten. We can end the podcast there. That's golden. I wasn't there. expecting that. I need to know why. It's just, it was, Every time that I would like demount someone from their horse, I'd tell everybody get jiggy with it. And that'd be like my my call, you know? Yeah. It's like Picturing. I make merch. Picturing a bunch of medieval. I feel like you chanting could, that. You could probably brand that pretty well. Um, you know, be good songs, good grooves, vibes to go along with that. You know, logo, everything. That's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah. Well, literally, I'm already living there. You're, you're already there. Send me back. You're, you're already there. <laughs> if you believe in reincarnation, you could ask for that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so, hey, let's talk leadership. Um, great episode, students. If you missed the first episode with Micah, it was incredible. Um, we talked a lot about convictions and commitments and. Uh, uh, that idea of having a greater yes to your nose. Um, but um, Micah, for today, what's a leadership principle that you want to unpack for us and for students that are listening? I really want to talk about this idea that your your history doesn't determine your legacy. Can we expound on that a little oh, bit? Oh, yes, or? please. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's this idea that man, what you're called to isn't limited based on where you come from. Um, I think a lot of young leaders, especially some of the most, you know, 
the zealous ones, man, they don't come from the right family quotations. They don't come from the right, the right last name, the right neighborhood, the right education. But when you're called, all of those things are seemingly insignificant. They're not enough of an argument to, 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 to realize that where you start doesn't determine where you stay. And so I, I really would love to spend some time just talking about that, that phrase, your history does not determine your legacy. Yeah, it actually kind of fits the knight analogy pretty well because isn't that wasn't a thing back then? Knights, you had to kind of be born into that, and it was passed on and stuff like you that. Did. Like you couldn't come into that, but that's not today. You can be a yeah, knight. You were prophetic, even if you're a peasant. That. You were okay. prophetic with that iceberg question. <laughs> you had, you had to be a noble birth. Yeah. So tell us what uh, what Bible story inspired this. What uh, what scripture comes to mind? Second uh, Samuel chapter twenty three. King David is at the end of his life, and he's recounting all of you know the people kind of like a shout out he's given insta story shout outs tagging all the people that he uh, really you know was grateful for and so he's talking about his mighty men and he's sharing like highlights high points uh, from their life and so there was a man that he mentions whose name was Shema and in verse uh, I believe it was 11 and 12 he says basically there was Shema the son of Aji the Hererite Hererite um <laughs> But basically when the, I'll just read it for you real quick. It's two verses. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of beans, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shema took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down and the Lord brought about a great victory. And so when I'm talking about history, not determining your legacy, uh, Shema in this passage, David makes sure we know his dad's name was Aggie um, or Aggie, A-G-E-E. And the, I don't know, I, was, I always ask the question why, and you want to dig in deeper. You don't, you don't just read your Bible. You have to read your Bible. And so what I found out is Aggie's name means fugitive or one who flees. Wow. And so it was like David was making the statement, there was Shema, the son of the fugitive or the son of the man who runs away, who took his stand. Hmm. It's so everything about the situation. The Israelite army ran away. It's a field of beans. <laughs> no one's willing to lose their life over a field of beans. But Shema didn't let his family history determine the legacy that he was going to be known for. Yeah, that's, that's actually all things considered. That's a, a little bit in Gen Z humor here. Kind of a funny way to be remembered, but I mean, pretty epic. Like the fact that your name is in the Bible as one of David's like homeboys is is pretty impressive. But knowing that it's for a field of beans just makes me chuckle probably a little bit more than it should. Like I love beans, but not that, but not much. that much. Yeah, <laughs> not that much. I think I'd be some really good beans. I'm going to put my life down for it, right? Some um, good Bush's baked beans, maybe. Mm, there, okay, so there's something so... A practical yet powerful here that you're talking about, Micah, that I love. And that is that it is easy for us, um, especially when you're a student, it's easy to view your life and view your legacy, view your potential through the lens of your family situation, through the lens of the opportunities that are provided for you. Um, and here you're giving us a classic Old Testament story of, of a man who basically chose to say, no, that won't be my legacy. I will, I will change that legacy for future generations. I'll change that legacy, which is one, I, I, this one of the things I, I love so much about Gen Z is I feel like this is a generation of students that are willing to take on the challenge of, you know, reversing, um, you know, whatever has happened 
in their generation prior to them, they're willing to take on the challenge to reverse that and say, from this point forward, it's going to be different, right? From this point forward, there's going to be change. So um, let, let's talk about it. How, how does how does a student take that thought, that principle, and use that in their lives, use that in their, in their church, in their home, in their school? How do they use that to lead their generation? Yeah, it really starts with addressing the thought that there's something that could forfeit you being able to fulfill the call of God on your life. And it is, is there anything that is, is too big or too grand or too bad that God can't use? And a lot of times I hear young leaders talk about how well, they just, you know, they don't have that gift or they don't have this. And they start with what they don't have instead of recognizing what they do have. And it's being able to rewrite that narrative of, man, it's really not determined. The call of God is not determined based on what, what school you went to, what, how you're not charismatic, how you don't have this potential, how you messed up and made this mistake. Um, but being able to realize, like, even though you don't come from, quote unquote, again, the right family, the right background, had the right last name, went to the right school, uh, you're on the, you're the captain of the team, because those are always the ones that we reference in our sermon. But you could be the most normal, basic, general person and still leave a legacy, live the kind of life that God can use beyond your you know, a birth date and your death date. Like, um, I'm reminded of this man. I think his name was Joseph Hayden, which you probably don't know that name. Um, but he, he said this, he said, young people can learn from my example that something can come from nothing. There was no one around me to confuse me. So I was forced to become original. Hmm. And even though you don't know his name, you've probably heard the name Beethoven or Mozart, uh, this guy, Joseph Hayden, was the one who mentored Beethoven and Mozart. What? And so he came from poverty, didn't, didn't have a lot to his name, but loved the orchestra, loved classical, like we call classical music. And so he ended up working for a family at that time period. They would have estates and they would basically pay musicians to live on their estates and they would perform music at night for gatherings, whatever. Um, and so he was so detached from society, from going to, to, to orchestra school, whatever was available then, that he was living on this, this estate remote from everything. But in the middle of that isolation, it's where he developed a sound that really he became known as the father of the four string quartet. And so it was in the middle of that obscurity, not coming from the right family, not getting the right education, not having the right things. There was nothing, the way he put it, nothing around to confuse him. So he was forced to become original. And so that's something I look back on my life and I'm like, man, I'm the first person in my family to ever be in full-time ministry. My dad's a blue collar worker. My mom's an elementary school teacher. It wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't something that anybody from my family for generations, it's all farmers, blue collar workers. But for me to have said yes to this, it was like, man, what better reason that I, did I need except the call of God. Uh, and there's many times where I don't feel, I feel like I don't fit in. I feel like I don't have the right networking skills. I don't feel like I have the right connections. I don't know how to carry it like in this situation, but I feel like those things that I consider disadvantages are really the things that cause me to be original. Yeah. And I think, I think that, that principle of like strength, like, you know, something coming out of nothing, strength coming out of weakness is like another kind of phrasing that comes to mind. I think like a lot of times students I think are very obsessed and I think we are just as a generation finding what we're good at and like really maybe even doubling down on that but recognizing that there is a little bit of like a divine beauty I think in God intentionally using the weakest right to to was it he says he uses 
I'm going to butcher the Bible verse, so I won't quote it, but there's, there's a Bible verse out there that talks about like God using the weak to like confound the strong because that's like how God's plan is known. Because then you look at that person and you go, well, how did this person do this? It had to be God. It wasn't because of them. It wasn't because they inherited $10 million from their parents or it wasn't because their, their parents were movie like Hollywood actors. And that's why they ended up in the movie. But when something comes out of nothing, when, when God uses the nothingness and the weakness, it really does, I think, shape something inside of your character that wouldn't be there otherwise. So Mike, I guess, let me, let me ask you this question. Is there any, any big cultural issue that you feel like this principle specifically addresses? I think you, you just mentioned it is the fact that we need to live our life in a way to where God is the only common denominator. You know, we're such a hustle and grind Gary V mentality that it's like, it's literally, we're, we're told to go build, you know, go build something, go start something, build your own business, start your own brand, all of these things. But it's like, I love that verse 12 says this like, but how did it, the, I just want to read it. I want to, yeah. So it says he Shema defended the field and struck the Philistines. And it says the Lord brought about a great victory. <laughs> so it's like, there's just this level of man, everything that I do is going to bring basically um, the explanation will be God. And so as you know, you're trying to work through this and answer that question culturally, like I don't want the credit for the life that I build. I don't want the recognition for whatever success that I get. Like I want it to be so impossible, so illogical, something that doesn't make sense. It's like, I really would love it if God gets all of the credit for whatever life comes from me. Like it's not because I promoted an ad on my Instagram page that I got invited to that place. It's like somehow someone heard of me and invited whatever invitation, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's the kind of, I don't want it to be networking and connection. It's God. He's the common denominator. He's the only explanation for the life that I live. That's like, man, what better answer could you give someone? Hey, Gil, how did you get to where you're at? Bro, I have no idea. You know, like, it's just, well, actually you got to start this. Then you got to do these three things. And then you got to make sure you connect with this. And then you got to buy the gear. It's like, yes, there's practical answers. But like, did God bring about that great victory in your life? You know, I love the phrase you just used about, you know, God ultimately being the common denominator in, in all that we do or, or any legacy that we have to, to the principle that you're talking about here about, about leading and, and living and leaving behind a legacy, right? God's the common denominator uh, of all that, that again, and we talked about this a little in, in our first episode, Micah, but that again, that's a, that's a Christian worldview mentality there. That's a way of looking at life and looking at the world through the lens of God's word, through the lens of one who thinks like a Christian, which is so important because you can't act, you can't behave like a Christian, like a follower of Christ, unless it originates in your thinking. Right. And I, and I think that's one of the, uh, at times the challenge that we have when, when like, like the, like the apostle Paul who talks about in, in Romans seven, he talks about, why do I always do what I don't want to do? And then, and then I don't do what I want to, you know, all this kind of stuff. He's really addressing like the core of that behavioral issue is what, or the way in which one thinks. Right. If, so if you're not you're not thinking correctly, then you're never going to uh, in align your, your behavior will never really be in alignment, you know, in, in correct way. So so ap- apply that um, principle of, you know, how we're leaving a legacy and God being the common denominator. Ap- apply that to our worldview. Apply that to the way that we should be thinking as young people. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously, when we begin to think that way, then it becomes out. It comes out in our behavior as well. 
Yeah. And so I think it comes to starting with the end in mind, like you being able to be future oriented and not just living day to day, whatever comes, comes, but being able to think about, okay, what do I want my life to look like 40 years from now? And I know that that's something that most 16, 17, 18 year olds are not thinking about and notoriously not considering, but that's what I really want to, if I can go back to the scripture, sorry, I just, I can't help. I can't get away from it. Um, that at this point in time, Israel was being attacked by the Philistines. And so on the surface, it's like, yes, it's a field of beans. There's nothing significant about this. But when you study history, you see that uh, anytime an opposing army was laying siege on a nation or a city to take, uh, take it captive on their way to the actual city, they would burn all of the crops and kill all of the livestock. And so what Shaman knew that we miss is that on the other side of this field of beans was a nation that needed food. It wasn't just a field of beans. It was, man, this is going to give our people a couple more days to outlast this battle. And so really it comes to the idea of like, man, today's battle brings tomorrow's breakthrough is that what you're willing to fight for today, that's going to set you up for success in the future. So like fighting for your purity today, understanding the importance of remaining, let's just sexually pure uh, today. And this is setting you up for a healthy marriage five, 10, 15 years from now, being able to maintain, like, I'm going to be honest, if I get an extra couple bucks from my boss, or if they pay in cash or whatever, it's like, man, I, I need to make sure that I do right by this. Or if you know, Amazon sends you two things instead of one, we could look at that and be like, oh my gosh, that's favor. No, you probably need to just be honest and being able to protect yourself in those situations. That'll protect you from embezzling money 30 years from now, because no one just starts there. Yeah. I think I'm going to take that title tomorrow's, was it today's battle leads to tomorrow's breakthrough, except I'm just going to change that to tomorrow's beans. And that makes a great, that's a great youth sermon. Cause they're like, what does that even mean? And Gen Z likes beans. So it'll work great. Now, real quick, real quick, before we let you go, Micah, is there any students that you have seen over the years that have really lived this out well, or maybe there's a student right now who just graduated high school, who's in your program as like an 18 year old kid. That's really living this, this principle out. Yeah. I had a guy, he is like a son to me. His name was Johnny or is Johnny. Um, and he came from, he came to our camp as a drug dealer, um, paid to get here with money selling drugs. Um, <laughs> wow. Brand new youth camp scholarship program right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, gets here, gets radical, like gets saved, gives his life to Jesus, gets filled with the Holy ghost and gets called into ministry. Come All on, three boy. things happened during his time here. And it was one of those things to where he came from uh, having an absent dad, really a lot of issues, um, heavily involved with drugs, sexually, sexually active, but he was one of the best leaders I think I've ever had in my six years of being a part of this organization to where right now he just being able to understand that where he came from, the decisions that he made, the lifestyle he was a part of, the excuses of, man, I didn't have a present dad. So how can I be a good, like all the things that could have justified excuses of why he didn't pursue the call of God on his life. He's a junior high pastor right now in Seattle, Washington. Um, and just literally he's, he's living out this, the call of God on his life. And he, his history said one thing, but I believe that his future says something else. And so he's pursuing that, 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 that call instead of justifying why he can't fulfill it, you know, come on. 
So good. This has been so good. Um, Gil, should we call this episode uh, tom- today's battle leads to tomorrow's beans? Is just that- make it beans. Just beans. We'll just call it beans. <laughs> no, that will be actually probably the most listened to episode if yeah. we just call it beans. <laughs> That's great. Hey, real quick, before before we let you go, Micah, um, tell us a little bit about Youth for the Nations and then also tell students how they can connect with you if they want to reach out just to say thank you or maybe you know reach out and uh, ask you a question or something about, about this episode. Yeah, Youth for the Nations is one of the largest youth camps in the southern United States. We have about 4,500 teenagers that come throughout the year uh, to our events. We have conferences. And really, one of my favorite things, though, is that it's just a place for people to come and get trained up. And so we have a program, if you're in high school, um, that allows you to serve as an intern with us during the summer. So you get to see the behind the scenes of what it takes to make a large camp happen. Um, it's called the core program. And so if you're interested, you can go to youthforthenations.com. There'll be a page on the core. And then if you just want to like, you know, slide in my DMs and say, what's up? Not in a weird way. Um, Cause I'll block <laughs> you. But my Instagram is just my name, Micah Steger. Um, and I'd love to, if you listen to this and it impacted you, I'd love to know how. So good. And uh, students, all that will be in the show notes as well. So feel free to jump in, connect with uh, Micah. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, bro. We really appreciate it. And uh, students, be sure to catch the overtime conversation with the rest of the LTG podcast crew. We'll be talking more about this episode and the principles that Micah unpacked here for us. It's going to be really good. Hope this content has been helpful to you. If it has been, go ahead and share with your friends and tag us on social. Uh, You can tag us at LTG Conference. Uh, You can tag me at Aaron Holt. And as always, you can tag me at Gilbo Swaggins. But remember, students, you're called to lead your generations to do it with passion for Christ and love for others.